0: Previously on Anything Goes.
1: For everything man. Then you're going to be accused because of being prejudiced. You can't
0: prejudiced. eat a peanut butter sandwich. I, there's no reason why you should have made it past five years exactly. old.
2: Exactly. Yeah. Natural selection. They I'm should just. They
0: should just put uh, peanut butter on the woman's vagina, and as the baby comes out, <laughs> yeah. and if it's dead, they're like, oh, "I wasn't sorry, meant to baby be. Make this it. one yeah. didn't make it." Yeah, that's a fucking good idea. <laughs> well, now we know.
2: And sprinkle some flour on it too, yeah. so if it's a celiac, we don't want that either. And then
0: just get all these different fresh fruits, because yeah, they should have them. Just go through like, a, or drag the baby through a smoothie or something like that. Of like, I feel bad <laughs> for
2: people with with allergies. Like I know, like.
0: And now, let's get to a new exciting show. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Are you ready for some laughs? Are you? Guess which host wears a shirt at the gym that says, Yes, I farted. This is Anything Goes with Darren Frost. How the
1: fuck am I funny?
0: Dave Martin. What have we got here? A Fucking comedian. And Kathleen
1: McGee.
2: And I'll execute every motherfucking last one of you. Can you dig it? <laughs> <laughs> That's the best. I found my Charlie Sheen
0: t-shirt. Oh,
2: very
1: exciting. So now he's broke. They're, they're talking that he's all broke and he doesn't have any money and he regrets some of the things that he's done. You know, if only Charlie Sheen had a time machine. He could go back 10 years ago and take all that back when he was making $1.2 million an episode for that show.
2: That's what Ego does to you. That's what Ego does to you. You think that you're better than things. Like, have you seen that movie Overnight? I think it's called. It's about the man that road and uh like his, he did the music for everything for boondock saints
0: oh yeah 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 that's oh a,
2: yeah of course yeah. yeah
1: the, the director and he, yes
2: and he I, I always tell people like if you want to be famous this is what you need to watch so that yes. you become this because this will destroy you so fast especially yeah. nowadays when like every week there's somebody new that's famous and we forgot about somebody else like it's like if you're not constantly pumping out content people forget about you
1: well it's like orney adams will never live down comedian Uh, Some of the things he said in that with comics, because they all saw it and they remember it. Like, you know, I think Orny's all right. I'm not a huge fan of what he does, but I'm not a huge fan of that kind of comedy that much. But, you know, I think he was young and he was dumb and full of cum and said some things that we don't expect to come back to haunt us 15, 20 years later. And it always will. He'll always be known for, like, saying, what has Stephen Wright done? You know, it's like, well, he's the only stand-up comic who's got a fucking Oscar, Orny. Maybe do some research before you know like i
0: think i go ahead. no No, i was just gonna say i mean i always just hope that people have perspective and realize well yeah i mean he said this what was it like 20 years ago yeah and so it's sort of like give the guy an opportunity like how far was he into his comedy career when he when jerry picked him a couple years to be the opposite sort of the parallel to him right because i'm not even sure why has like jerry seinfeld ever actually even said why he chose Orny Adams? Like, wasn't it a bit of, like, this guy was the opposite? Like, didn't he sort of say that I, I, think,
2: think-, I think that uh, Orny Adams sucked his dick and uh, that's how he got his... That's how he got it. That's what my new thing is, just to say that every male that's ever gotten success is because he's sucked dick or eaten pussy because there's no way he could have done it on talent alone. And, that, and that's why I'm in a closet in Barry. Thank you, Tal- <laughs> Thank you. I think that, though, I... I mean, I think we can all admit that we all have had every performer has had to have had their ego get away from them, you know, whether you get like Oh, of course, you lose a contest or you think, Why did that person get it and I didn't get it? like everybody has an ego and it's up it's whether you like let that ego get away from you and like right.
0: wreck you. but then Also other people can sort of feed that ego too and yeah. sort of like it's it's sort of yeah, I mean some of it sort of falls on your shoulders But then also when other people feed into your ego You can, it's it's hard not to sort of get a little bit big-headed if you're constantly getting fed all this positive shit from people
2: Well, did you see uh, this morning? I saw on Twitter that Candace Owens and Cardi B are fighting? No because Candace Owens is is slut-shaming Car- Cardi B and and telling her, well, you're just dumb and you don't know anything about politics and you need to educate yourself. And like, um, and then they're all like, this woman like values her life by her wet ass pussy. So they're of course using that against her. And then Candace Owens is coming in and saying, you know, like, uh, you need to educate, you, you need to stop being a puppet for Joe Biden. Um, and then they started posting those, um, uh, The there's a clip of, of uh, Malcolm X talking about, how white liberals will use black celebrities Mm -hmm. to push their agenda, which is, yes, yeah. And to prop prop them up for sure. They do. Yes. And to an extent, I think that Joe Biden probably is doing that, but I think it's more that like Cardi B, her fan base is some of the most, some of the people that are going to vote for the very first time in their lives. Mm -hmm. So she's going to talk to these people and they're, they are at her level. And that's who, why do you want to go after all these university-educated snobs anyway? You want the regular people who don't usually vote to be like, no, I'm voting. I don't want this guy I, in charge of my life anymore. I, I don't yeah. think Joe Biden showers
1: to wet-ass pussy in the morning. You know what I mean? Maybe he does. Who maybe knows? he does. But but if we're going to use the stereotype, he probably doesn't. But his team knows, like you said, that that young demographic that doesn't understand Joe Biden, maybe doesn't understand politics— We'll yeah. side with whatever she says. So they yeah. have been doing that all through time. It's no different than Trump and Kanye. And anyone who says any different, it's the same thing. That's why they're, they're not using it because they think Kanye's a good person. They're not using it because they think Kanye's smart. They're probably back you know, in a little room going, he's fucking crazy, but people listen to him and we're gonna use that. And that's how it works. So anyone that shames Biden for doing it, you've gotta shame Trump for doing it with Kanye.
0: Yeah. Is, is, is Kanye still on Trump's side, though? Because he was on it. And then because of Candace Owens and then he got no, away he's, from he's Trump. Not. He's but, not.
1: Not now. But back then, before that, he was. He was very pro-Trump. Well, yeah. And they used but, it and they used it in their favor, for sure.
0: Yeah. Well, they tried to until yeah. they started listening to Kanye and they were sort of like, well, maybe we shouldn't actually be backing this guy just because he kind of supports and also they probably knew that Kanye was going to flip flop anyways and, and not be with uh, Trump after uh, like a month or two once. I mean, he's, you know, he's bipolar. He's schizophrenic. He's like, yeah. he's yeah, an case still
2: that case. There's still Republicans that will use that as an example of a black person that supports Trump. Right. And that's what this Owens is. And that's what, and that's when I found all of these um, black conservatives on Twitter this morning. Cause I was reading all this stuff and I'm just like, I, I you're allowed to believe what you want to believe but they kept keep on saying there's no evidence that Trump has done anything bad for this country there's no evidence I'm like there's no evidence <laughs> There's evidence on a daily basis, right. like, it, it's crazy but I'm like I'm full on conspiracy mode that I think that like, like, for one thing I think all reality shows are actual actors but they're not good actors they're extras. Mm -hmm. This is my theory that all these reality show stars are actually just extras that have been cast in these shows because there's no way this shit happens all the time like constantly. But and but also with politics I think that like I, I don't think I think that all politicians are against regular people. I don't care. if I, I
1: personally, I, I'm, I'm of the view that most politicians are simply puppets for a bigger agenda that's behind them, pushing them for what those big money people are wanting. That's my attitude towards politics. And I don't think we're ever going to have a, a view of like one's a great choice and one's a shitty choice. I think we're in for the long haul of two shitty choices, which is the shittiest for you to not choose.
0: Well, if, if anybody thinks that a two-party system is a, a way to work and get things done, they're absolutely insane. And the fact that right. those the Democrats and the Republicans got together after the Ross Perot thing of 92 and said that we're never going to have a third party, let's just be two parties in the public, but we're one party behind the scenes, that's what they really are. So it's just... But I mean, Candace Owens is the worst, because even before Donald Trump came out, Candace Owens was, like, was a... Um, uh like a like a democrat you know she 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 was almost anti-trump before he started running for politics and then it was this but i mean at the end of the day it's like the right pays you know it it, yeah. it almost you'll get more attention being a a, a black supporter of a black republican it's like even that uh that uh the black duo uh diamond and silk they they were they were um uh democrats and uh more uh liberal thinking before they started getting noticed by, um, oh, and then then they started leaning more to the right, and then they got noticed by Fox News, and then they got all this sort of support behind them. But, I mean, the left branches off into too many different sort of pockets of people. And, you know, the right, I always say, you know, they get behind one person, no matter who it is. But, I mean, there's still going to be Bernie Sanders supporters that don't go out and vote for Joe Biden just because it's not Bernie Sanders. So, I don't know, it's... I think, I think we're going to get another four years of Trump, but anyways.
2: That's what everybody says, but I also, I also believe that there are people that didn't vote in the last election that will vote in this election, because everybody thought that Hillary was going to run away with it, right. so the people that are apathetic voters are like, well, then what's the point of me voting? I'm not going to, nothing's going to change anything, but Trump is president because those people didn't think that their vote counted or mattered, and that's why he's president now. Because patriotic, yeah. people, patriotic people will vote. It is, they love voting. They fuck their vote. They love voting, right? And, if, and old if, people. And old people. They love it. It's oh. so important to them. But young people are like, whatever, it's not that big a deal. But now young people have seen what happens when you ignore politics and you, and you don't have your voice heard. And now they've had four years of Trump. And it's scary. Well, so there, there's, there's, this, there's this famous documentary
1: called Mr. Death. I don't know if you guys know it or not. Jack Morgan? It's, it's called Mr. Death. No, the rise and fall of Fred A. Luchter Jr. And I'll just give you a quick version of it. This is this guy. He's a scientist, pretty lonely guy, no friends. He goes over to Germany and does tests of the concentration camps in the walls. And based on science, his science, he says and feels that the concentration camps never happened. So obviously that's a very polarizing statement. Well, of course, the white power fronts and all the people that are anti-Jewish use him and prop him up like a puppet. Go, look, we didn't say it. He said it. And they kind of embrace him. So for the first time in his life, he feels good that people are already being friendly to him and you know supporting him. And then once they were done with him, he was gone back lonely again. And I'm not saying this is the exact same situation that happens with black Republicans, but there is a little bit of that, that if they weren't, Republican and very kind of out in the open about it, how much would they be propped up like a Candace Owens or other examples? And in five years, they're just gonna be the ones remembered from their own community as the ones that were anti their community. That's that's the big question.
0: Yes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's, the, that's the big answer. Yes, that's totally, well, that, that I mean, every, uh, of course, if you're arguing for something and there is somebody that whatever that oppression is about that is agreeing right. you of course you're gonna be like well look at this person this person agrees with me they can't right. i can't be all that bad if this person agrees with me when it's their their people that are being oppressed but you know i don't know it's, it's
0: well strange. like i've said before like millennials have the worst voter turnout rate of, of any demographic so if all those people that you see protesting If they all go out and vote, and I hope that they do, maybe something will happen. But at the Mm -hmm. end of the day, but, you know, I mean, you know. Dave,
1: Dave, let's talk about this because Glenn Wool is with us, and this will be a good thing to talk to him about.
3: yeah i can hear you now
1: there we go so Glenn, we're gonna we're gonna jump right into what we were talking about and we'll do a little intro for you in a few minutes but dave brought up a good point about american um voting system and voters and the protesters and i don't know if you have an opinion on this but go ahead dave say what you're gonna say
0: Oh, okay. Well, like every episode, I usually bring up one or two good points and then you just miss. (laughs) But anyways, what I was saying was that I think millennials have the lowest voter turnout rate of any demographic. And um, so I was just saying that if if everyone that you see out protesting goes out and vote, maybe there'll be a chance to sort of change things. But, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, 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 it's it's very, it's, it's very sort of up in the air because a lot of the people that protest don't vote and you, you know, People showing up to vote and then realize that oh shit I have to register to vote and then all yeah, all this sort of stuff. But um, where are you in? Are you in the UK right now? Or are you in? I am. Oh. I am. <laughs> See, I
3: I I concur with you that uh, there isn't enough voter registration within uh, those movements. And uh, it, 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 dually, here in the United Kingdom, they're protesting something that they can't vote against. It's American. Policing tactics. You know, it's. Right. I I I've yeah. always been a bit angered by it because there was just there was just as much uh, racism and homophobia uh, homegrown that they could have protested at the time. Even Boris uh, Johnson, taking the you know becoming a democ the democratically elected leader, he has called black people pickaninnies in the right. newspaper. Right. You know, so if you want to, if you want to get out and protest, like it, you don't have to wait for the Facebook algorithm to tell you something wrongs happened. You just, you know, you have to just read the papers.
0: Yeah. Well, Toronto had a mayor. Uh, was it Mel Lastman who said that he didn't want to go to? I think there was going to be some visit to Africa that he was going to take or something like that. And he, Mel Lastman, said that he didn't want to go to Africa because he was worried that he was going to be thrown into a pot and boiled by like savages he was referring yeah. to the people as yeah. I was just like, like wow that's uh like I would have to hard, I, that's a, that's a racism that you have to really try hard to brood <laughs> like to to throw out there you know it's not that casual sort of like ooh, ooh fried chicken or something like, you know that's like you gotta dig deep to find a, a comparison like that last
2: it's night also- oh go ahead
3: it's also a very old form of racism, yeah. <laughs> it's from the eighteen hundreds. You yeah. know, like, racism has evolved, sir. Could you yeah. please educate yourself? Yeah, yeah.
1: If Bugs Last Bunny night, did it, if Bugs Bunny did
2: it, then it's old news.
3: Right. Yeah. It's hacked.
1: Yeah. Right.
2: Last night led went to uh, a drive-in movie for, and they showed Pulp Fiction, and it's it pretty much does still hold up, except for the whole scene where. Um, where Quentin Tarantino is in it, and he like uses the n word just way too much. Just like he says it about eight times in the scene, and even like then, I think it would have been uncomfortable. But I don't know. Like you see that kind of stuff, and you're like, well, if he thought it was okay back then to say that for artistic purposes, I feel like he might still be that way.
3: I I've always thought with Quentin Tarantino that I think he has loud neighbors that are black. And he's always trying to write his he's trying to write his movies. And they're having these big parties and he's just like, I'm just I'm trying to Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Honey, honey, get me a pen. They're arguing again. Get me a pen. They're fighting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> well, it's, it's funny that like pulp fiction took place in, like, it like it took place in, when it came out in like ninety six, I think it was. But then he does movies that take place in like 1969 and nobody drops any N-words in that movie. Right. Which probably there was more, probably people threw that word around more in 1969 yes. than they did in 96. Yeah. But he was sort of like, I don't know. I think he just, I just think he likes to write scenes where he gets to just drop a bunch of N-bombs and like, hey, ooh, look what I did, ooh, aren't I? I'm a yeah. bad boy. I, I, I got away with it, yeah. Yeah, ooh, so am. <laughs>
3: I I was in a, a airport in Malaysia, and they have one of those um, one of the restaurants in the airport is done up like a 1950s diner. Right. Um, but it's all Malaysian, so it's like Malaysian people in the little sort of hat, like the paper hats, and because they don't speak English, they just wanted to play American music, so they were playing. Hardcore gangster rap, yeah,
1: because
3: they can't understand the words to it. Yeah, but if for me, I'm sitting there trying to eat a chili dog, and they are literally dropping the n bomb every ten to fifteen seconds. And I was like, you know, this is this is quite like a 1950
2: diner. <laughs> well, I mean, me in Cuba. I was like, we were eating breakfast, and they were doing water aerobics, and a lot of people from Quebec go to Cuba. And uh, they were playing uh, face down, ass up. That's the way we like to fuck. And this family oh, yeah. was like dancing, like face down,
1: ass up. <laughs> well, when I was in, when I was in Japan, uh, this is probably 10, 15 years ago, uh, they love English. They don't care what it says, but they'll wear a T-shirt. And I literally saw a woman in her 50s and her T-shirt said, I'm with cunt. So, <laughs> She has well, no idea, or maybe she does, but she probably has no idea. She just sees English, and at that time, you know, Japan loved English and anything, any kind of British icons or American icons. They'd wear it, and she literally had a T-shirt: "I'm with cunt."
0: Well, she's not wrong, you know. She's <laughs> pretty, I mean, was she with someone uh, else, or was she just walking on her own? By herself. Oh well, that she's still not wrong. So <laughs> I, I remember, I once. I this is I just. I'm, I'm pretty sorry. No, I am pretty, pretty sure Oh sorry, go ahead.
3: <laughs> I'm I'm pretty sure that most Asian tattoos, like Asian
0: script Yeah. That, that has to be what that said. Yeah. I remember I was once uh I used to in uh I used to live right across from a, uh, a a big grocery store, big loblaws, and I once went over there at like it was Sunday, it was maybe like ten thirty, ten thirty in the morning or something like that. And I don't know if the employees are allowed to pick the music that plays at 10.30 in the morning or the manager was gone. But I swear to death, I I, I swear to God, uh, they were playing uh, like Slayer at 10.30 in the morning. But like, not like, I mean, it wasn't blasting, but it was clearly, and I only know a few Slayer songs, but it was clearly raining blood and, you know, my produce at, at 10.30 in the morning. And I was just like, are the employees just like, hey, the manager's gone? Let's play some Slayer or let's play some uh, NWA. And oh, aren't we na- are we naughty? You know. But it was
3: it was fun. It was. Fun. I uh, I I was in a um a grocery store in Holland the day that uh Peaches Geldof sadly passed of a heroin overdose, and I thought it was really odd that they were playing like I they, they had. They had um, uh, disc jockeys, so I, I assumed it was the radio, and they played "I Don't Like Mondays," and I thought, "Like that's a really, you know, that's a really odd thing to do." But I yes. couldn't hear what they were saying in Dutch, um, and I asked one of my Dutch friends about it, and he said, "No, that's it's a pre-record, and they are they are little radio stations within the um, with within the shop." And all of the music, they they take it th- so seriously. All the music is designed to make you buy food that's in there. They've they've done like s- scientific tests, and he, so he said it wouldn't have nothing to do with it. I was like, well, maybe they're just trying to sell us some peaches.
0: or not, or not. I once, I, not. I, I once went, I, this was like a, a while ago uh, when the movie. Um, I had like a pass to go and see a movie, or I had a pass for two people to go see a movie. So I went to, with someone to go see a, a 12 Years a Slave. And uh, I don't know, I just, I thought it was just a little disrespectful while I was, like but right before the movie started, um, there was a guy that came in that had like a massive bag of popcorn, a gigantic drink and a thing of nachos at a movie theater. And I'm like, we're watching 12 Years a Slave. I mean, I know it's a movie, but it just seems so disrespectful of just like, you know, hey, I'm, you know, it's just like, it's like watching Schindler's List and like, you know, having like a, eating a burrito at the same time. Well,
1: well Dave, I don't know if you know, but the first time I ever saw 12 Years as a Slave was an illegal boot copy I brought with me to the Mandarin Asian Buffet on a laptop. And I just oh. kept shoving chicken balls in my face every time they said the N-word. And I was full quick.
0: What? Oh, wow. <laughs> I can't, I can't speak for you, but... I just, this is a that was a private screening, so you could do whatever you want. But I mean,
2: right. this was <laughs> private screening uh, at the Mandarin. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Glenn, oh, yeah. your your album. I got to ask you, Kate, because it's called "Viva Forever," and you really hate that song.
3: <laughs> yes, yes, but it, it comes. With, it, it, it's like all you know. explained. It's <laughs> all explained. It's it's a it's a secret. I can't I can't delve too deep into it, but. I did. Um, That's what I used to do before the show. I would play the song uh, as the walk in for people to sit down. I'd play the song Viva Forever about four times in a row. And because it it ends the way it sort of starts, people would be like, you could see them sort of twigging on. Like, but it would start like, how long is Viva Forever? Like, this has been going on for quite some time. And then around the fourth time, like, we actually, we had to start a show early in Glasgow once because a guy was going mental. <laughs> he was gonna, he's going to attack the speakers if it had gone one more time.
0: Like hands were shaking. He was jittery. He was like like an alcoholic that hadn't had a few drinks in a day. Sort of like, oh man, if, that's one of my favorite problems. That's a guilty pleasure Spice Girl song that I do enjoy. Is even forever. So, but I never hear it. So I, it can still... Stay as a sort of a guilty pleasure, but again, if I probably heard it every other day, I'd hate it too.
3: Well, I've got um former sound technicians that have Viva Forever PTSD because they had to, <laughs> 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 they'll still message me every once in a while going, It's still in there, you fucking asshole.
1: Well, it's Stuck like it's in like, my it's... brain. It's like Brits and Brian Adams, right? Like, even we're Canadian, we didn't hear as much Brian Adams as the Brits did for a certain period of time. It's just it was overkill for like two or three years. <laughs> Same thing with Bon Jovi. Bon Jovi is so massive in Britain, and he was a nobody in America at that time. His sales were f- considerably lower. But in Britain, they went fucking nuts for Bon Jovi.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, they've got really strange taste in music. It's either impeccable or or shit yeah yeah
0: yeah, yeah there's the no middle or, ground the british of all the boy bands too. Is have
2: you been
3: to shows in the uk yeah yeah i actually i did um, i just did my first double on friday night i was actually able to do two shows which was amazing it was so it just i just felt like me again and it is a Oh, like I'll always remember the night because, you know, now I'm doing two gigs, I'm driving from gig to gig, I'm I'm feeling it, the new stuff's working. I got home and uh, the um, the Canucks Game 7 was on, but it started like two in the morning. And usually like a Canucks Game 7 is the biggest thing in my life. And, and you know, I can't sleep or eat. But with this, you know, I got, I, I had the two good gigs. I came in, I checked on my wife and kid. They were asleep, and then everything was good. I was able just to enjoy the game. And that, yeah, I'd like us to win. But you know, the, the important stuff in my life is already, it's already safe and secure. You know? It was, it was fun to watch sports with, like, with a healthy outlook on life.
0: Is, does the NHL try to pipe in crowd reactions? Like I've, I've only, the only time that I've seen hockey uh, since the pandemic started has uh, been at a bar where, you know, the, the sound isn't on anyways and they're just playing music. But I know that like baseball was trying to pipe in crowd reactions and like, but hockey's not doing that. Are they? Or? Yeah,
3: yeah, they, yeah, you can pick in uh, in England, you can pick uh Uh, Which channel you watch because some have it and some don't, but that's what I said when Glasgow played Rangers I was wondering if they were gonna pipe in sectarian chanting My
0: favorite
2: favorite thing about all the sports is that they're like they're all quarantining these athletes and they have said no one's allowed in and out of these hotels unless they're authorized and like I live in Edmonton, which is one of the NHL hub cities so when it was first big, it was actually very tight security and stuff. But I've also heard that there's been lots of ladies smuggled in. And I'm not, like, you can't make these athletes not fuck for the whole time. They're not going to do that.
0: Yeah. Well,
3: I think I think they're pretty open-minded too, though, nowadays. Yeah, we, might, we might get a few conversions coming out of there. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Maybe they're finally... Realize their true love for their coworker. So actually yeah. Yeah, right yeah, one
3: of the one of the strangest <laughs> ends to a net front scrum you've ever seen. Just two men and it's just finally this has been brewing for months.
0: <laughs> We're gonna do it right here. And yeah.
3: I, I mean yeah. the rep checked and made sure it was all consensual. It was. Apparently it was just rough and that's why he was concerned. But
0: yeah, now yeah. they're still living together. Yeah there's, yeah, there's some players that are like, hey, hey, why do you want to get back to the shower so quickly? Yeah. yeah, you seem to want <laughs> hey, Why do you want to shower me down? No, don't worry. I can reach that part of me. Don't worry. It's, it's fine.
2: I could just, that would be an easy kind of new in, like just to be like, "Hey, you're quarantined, I'm quarantined, we both got a release, and then yeah. they play love. That's nice. It's
1: like, it's like, I'm in a personal jail, you're in a personal <laughs> jail. Yeah. What happens in jail stays in jail, so this room is jail.
0: Well someone told me yeah. that, so I, I heard once it was like some like there are actually dating sites that if you had a venereal disease that you match up with other people that have the yeah. same disease. Like yes. if you have herpes then you get matched up with someone else who has herpes, which does make sense because you always have something to talk about. You know, you I think herpes. that could just
2: happen in real life if you're just honest about the fact that you have herpes. You'll right. you'll usually end up with someone else that has herpes. <laughs> Eventually, for sure. <laughs>
0: Yeah, God has a way out. of finding, of uh, letting people find the right person with herpes. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know. If only the first
3: person with herpes had been honest. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. And they met <laughs> up with, You you scratch my sore, I scratch your sore, and it doesn't go past this. That's it.
2: Yeah. With Are there like backyard shows in the UK? Like that's a big thing up here in Canada is we're doing lots of shows outside. And I'm worried now because it's almost winter. So that that's why I'm trying to find a new like real job right now because it's gonna get scary in the fall because we can't go and do backyard shows um on the weekends.
3: Have you seen a a, a regular backyard in London? No, <laughs> <I> no. Yeah. <laughs> so one man, one person yeah. show. <laughs>
0: It's a, uh backyards in London are like uh, like the size of a mattress that's basically what you, <laughs> you, know. you gotta yeah you got a room for one shed and one mattress of a, of a lawn
2: but like no one's yeah. doing that outside of the city
0: no there there are some there
3: are um there, yeah yeah and um they're like the one I did i did I did two gigs and one was one was outside but they're basically they're just going outside of pubs and uh a lot of pubs have um sort of roofed structures the smoking uh the smoking ban has helped places to put comedy shows on because they already had sort of a covered area that people could linger in so um and they're brits so they're they, they've got raincoats you know <laughs> <laughs> there,
2: a, I lot think
3: the there,
2: a lot of the venues here have expanded their patios or i did a show on saturday at this place it's like a log cabin in the river valley and it's called the Black Lodge, and renovated to look like Twin Peaks but like the outside was gorgeous and they are like right on the river valley I'm like this is the most beautiful comedy show I've ever done <laughs> like I can't believe I'm talking about drinking cum in this beautiful view <laughs>
1: well when you're talking about drinking cum you want the aesthetics to be beautiful you don't want to feel
0: yeah, shame It needs to be a balance of, uh, yeah. of, of raunch <laughs> and uh, pretty scenery
3: <laughs> yeah I, I um uh, I rep somebody was eating a bag of crisps uh, when I was doing the outside show, and uh, I said, I hope you're eating a bag of crisps and not licking a colostomy bag, which <laughs> got a laugh, but I then realized, like, that was, like, the pub was in, sort like, there was houses around, like, can you imagine if that drifted in through the open window, I hope you're not licking a colostomy bag, and, it was amplified, oddly. Like, in your mind, you're like, honey, close the window and pull the blinds. I don't like that he's taking some sort of leadership. <laughs> uh,
0: what, what, Glenn, what's the uh, what's the park in, in the UK that uh, is famous for people, like, showing up on a Sunday, okay. and then they set up, like, a little like, stand? Speaker's, speaker's Corner. And uh,
3: my lord, the last time I went there uh it was really creepy there was um there was some uh hard poor guys like um like 50 of them and technically not doing anything illegal but i've never seen 50 people pray um antagonistically or like, or like, like, a like, you know, when you see people, you see Muslims praying, it's just like, Oh, well they're, they're, that's, that's, that doesn't look odd. They're all, but the way these guys just sort of like a zombie army, just all stood straight up and then hit the knees at the same time. And then <laughs>
0: it's
3: like, uh, it, from what was a fun little day out with my wife, um, we, we left, he didn't want to see where that was going
0: because i I always remember that people would just kind of go off on rants about fairly you know fairly sort of bubblegum issues of just like some i remember some guy ranting about the price of like stamps and then someone else would just be uh, like 20 feet over would be like ranting about something else and then they would gather these crowds around them and that almost seems like like comedy in a park is done it's sort of like you know, the border, the, the line between stand-up comedian and crazy person yelling in a park is sort of <laughs> crossed over each other. Well, let's be honest, it was always close. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
3: yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I, I just, when when a comedian disappears from the circuit, I just assume that that's where they are now.
2: <laughs> there was a homeless guy doing stand-up when I started at Edmonton.
0: wow i there, well there's a moment there was a, this happened a couple weeks this like a, a week or two ago i was uh i was getting i was picking up thai food at a restaurant and i crossed the street and there was a homeless guy that asked me if i had any change and i said no i don't have any change and then he and i said oh sorry about that and then he started yelling at me about oh if you were really sorry you would have you do something about it and blah 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 and so i said well listen if um if you want, I, I'm picking up some Thai food. And I'll I'll get some extra spring rolls and I'll give them to you if you're hungry. And the guy said, Oh, thank you very much. I was like, Okay, no worry about it. And then there was like an awkward pause, and then he was like, You know, I also do a little slam poetry if you're interested. <laughs> and I was <laughs> like, Huh?
2: Was it Richard Lett?
0: No, it was not Richard Lett. <laughs> and I, I, I would have recognized so like, hey, didn't we gig in Niagara Falls a couple of years ago? <laughs> like, oh I remember that. But um <laughs> No, but I was just like, yeah, that edge of just like slam poetry. No, it's, I was like, okay, I'll, I'll give you spring rolls with no, nothing. I don't want anything in return. That's fine. I think he should have
3: used the poetry as a threat. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't give me some spare change, you're going to hear it. And I know you've got... <laughs> I got food coming into that restaurant. I'm legally allowed to enter that restaurant and say my slam poetry beside you. There's nothing you can stare at your phone all you like. It's loud. So,
1: Glenn, I have a question. Have you ever altered your Wikipedia page? Have you ever changed it to update the information?
3: No. No.
1: Okay. Why? What
3: have you said? What have you put on it? It's
1: it said that you discovered comedy at age 12 while listening to a Bill Cosby record.
3: Yeah. No. <laughs> that somebody has updated it. That somebody has updated because that's my story that I tell. And it's always like, uh, I, I, and it wasn't listening to a record. It was that a uh, Bill Cosby concert in Oh It might
1: have said concert. I might add the record. I just saw Bill Cosby twelve. I'm bringing it up.
3: Yeah. 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 No. That was the, yeah. Like, do you know? Uh, um, I saw somebody. Doing a thing about, um, they were talking about famous people that went to high schools and, and uh, or famous people that had gone to their high school. And everybody, it was like a Facebook thing, and everybody was chiming in with their famous people. And I, I just thought, I wonder. So I put in the Wikipedia, my high school, and I, I made the list. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. I did. I was very. I, I mean, there wasn't. A, I mean, it's not. I I didn't go to a prestigious school in any sense. <laughs> like there was a couple of fringe NHL players, and and not not much else. But still, I'm on there. Somebody looked into it and put me on there.
1: Well, my high school had a 50th anniversary like reunion, and they invited all performers that have went to that school. And I didn't even get a fucking invite, so feel good about yourself, because that's the <laughs> other side. I didn't even get a phone call until afterwards. You're like, oh, sorry, we forgot to call you. Well, what what
0: other, one other Glenn, Okay, Glenn, were you a popular guy in high school? Yeah. Oh, okay. All right, well, <laughs> like I, I know I wasn't, but I mean, were you a popular kid in high school, Darren? Do you really have to ask that question?
1: Yeah. Well, I fucking probably, I, I know,
0: I know the, I, so I know you, you even popular now.
1: Yeah. Like fucking you tour with me. I'm not popular now. What the
0: fuck. I know, <laughs> no, I know that, but it's, I'm, I'm just trying to figure that, like, well. I, you know, I have like, like I have
1: like, I have five fans that look like me. That's it. That's my fucking thing. That's what I have. Five schleppish guys. You don't fuck often. That's my fan base. And they didn't, they didn't have a good high school existence, Dave. They didn't yeah. fuck a lot in high school and go, I've done enough. They're like, I'm not fucking now. I'm never fucking.
3: <laughs> in my in my head, you guys all knew each other in high school, and you were like a mean girls clique <laughs> you know, walking around the halls like the yes. big a Yeah, yes. and,
0: and, and each one of them wouldn't admit to knowing who the other one was. Yeah, just like, no, I don't know this guy. I don't
3: know this
2: guy. My but- stepmom sent me a list of famous Edmontonians, and I was on it, and I'm like, what? <laughs> no. Awesome. Like I'm Michael, fucking, J. I'm Vox. Done. Michael J. Fox. Michael J. Fox, Robert Goulet, Leslie Nielsen, Kathleen McGee. <laughs>
0: yeah. So my, my, hometown,
1: my hometown goes fucking Wayne Gretzky, another Gretzky, Zamboni driver, some dead guy, then me. That's my fucking hometown right there.
0: And it, and it literally says some dead guy. Yes. <laughs> even yes. The guy's <laughs> yes. Unknown soldier.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's right. Unknown soldier.
3: Wow, well, he was wearing a he was wearing a military hat when they found the body. So yeah, we've nicknamed him the yeah. unknown soldier. Yeah,
1: with a fucking rope around his throat and some kitty porn in his hand. He's fucking <laughs> higher than me.
3: <laughs> fucking world that sounds like the mayor. Yeah, yeah. if you I've knew my town,
0: con- I've never been contacted by Leeside High School. That's where I graduated from, but. I've been. I, I was contacted once for like a reunion, but it was it was like from like the school that I dropped out of when I was in grade nine. So uh, that uh, so yeah. So I haven't been contacted either. And I know that you I,
3: dropped out when you were in grade nine.
0: No, no, no. I know. I, I changed. <laughs> I I changed high schools in grade nine, and I went to this. Then I went to Leeside, and then I graduated from there. But they've never contacted me either. There's a, like a playwright that's from Leeside that but other than that, I don't think anyone. That famous, other than me, and they wouldn't. They don't even acknowledge
3: me. But whatever. I was, I was, I was legitimately shocked to see my name. I and I, 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 um, I, I was trepidatious and thought this is just going to depress me, um, because there'll be a bunch of people. Yeah, I just, I thought, I thought the worst would happen, and I was, I, I, I didn't even know it would, it would, uh pleased me to the extent that yeah, it did. Shit. That I'm still talking about it now.
0: Yeah. Well, I did when uh, I did a whole chunk of material in my comedy now from 2000 and whatever uh, about hating high school. So if anyone saw that from Lee side, they're probably like, Oh yeah. Well, we're not inviting you to shit. So.
2: They've got no school
1: spirit. At one, at one point, I was gonna try to shoot a mini documentary, me going back to my hometown and getting a dead end street named after me, because everyone always wants a, you know, a big street named after them that they're famous. And I wanted a dead end street that fucking went nowhere. That's what I wanted back in my narcissist days. That was my thing.
0: Or just a bunch of dumpsters at the end of it.
2: Yeah. 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 Can I have the town dump named after me? Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, Glenn, the first time, I don't know if you
1: even remember the first time we ever met. So it was, you had just came over to the UK for your first time. I'm not sure if your first time or the first time you moved over there permanently and you showed up at the stand in Scotland to join Campbell and Francis on that first kind of lumberjack type show. I'm not sure if it had the branding at that time, but was that your first time moving there or your first time ever there? Do you remember?
3: Uh if it was the first time that we called it that, then yeah, I was I was so green I didn't even know what the Edinburgh Festival was. I just knew I was gonna be in Europe and I'd talked to Campbell and he said, Oh come by come by Edinburgh in August. There's a comedy festival there and I was just like well, I wonder what that is. Right, <laughs> and I, and managed to get get a gig on their thing, and um, grew it all from there. But that all started from um, a car accident on the road in uh, in uh, BC with Andrew Carr. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I won. I won. A, I won ten grand on a scratch ticket. Wrote my car off, and instead of um, instead of using the money from that to buy a new car and keeping the, doing the Canadian tours, I decided just to go around Europe and check out what was happening. It was a very good time to do that. I, right. There wasn't many North
0: Americans over there. So, what's, what's it like you, now? Yeah. There's too Is being a Canadian doing comedy over there still like a unique thing or they're just sort of like, not no at all. Yeah, not at all. I don't
3: know. Yeah. It's not at all unique. And, um, They're not going to have more than two on a bill. (laughs) You have to beat every other Canadian to get onto to to get onto a bill, which I don't mind because I'm the best one. I'm sure. (laughs) sure. So
1: for for me, I'm I'm British by nationality. I have an EC passport, and I went over there. And to be honest with you, I just didn't like living in England. I think to live in England back in the 90s, when I first went there, it was, I don't know if it was better or not. I just didn't like it. Maybe I was too used to Canada or North American ways or whatever, but the actual country to live in was a pretty pretty rough place at that time.
3: Yeah. Well, the, the alleys you were slithering around in, I'm sure. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. he like nice
2: got his leg broken in London.
0: I got my ankle broken in two places, but at the same time, I was with Pete Johansson in a, uh, for some reason, we went to a strip club in uh, Soho, and um, if, uh, if, a, if a Russian stripper says, which drink is yours, and then you get up to go to the bathroom, she does not have your best interests, and... Uh, no. Yes. Yeah. No.
3: Did you have to? Uh, did you have to check your common sense at the door? Is that? Yes.
1: Yes. yes. There's, there's no. There's no Russian term for common sense. That's the
3: problem. Yeah, they they frisked him. They found he had a bit of common sense to, in a, in a wrap in his wallet, so they took that off him. Come on, now now,
0: now go have a drink. Don't. Yeah. Well, yeah. No, I don't. Uh... Well, yeah, no, no, there's no excuse. I should have known better, but I just thought, hey, I'm in jolly old England. What could go wrong? A lot. I met this nice Russian lady. Well, yeah. <laughs> apparently, later after you I blacked, after I blacked out, we got to know each other. <laughs> apparently, for 400 pounds worth of uh, dances. So.
2: Did you have like your traveler's checks on you?
0: <laughs> no, I just had my uh, I just had my bank cards, and uh, apparently. They, uh, well, they took those and they had all my password and they, or I, I, I yeah, a lot of it's anyways, but that, I didn't get my ankle broken there. I got my ankle broken uh, by some soccer hooligans on the way home. So <laughs> what? Crazy. What? How did you know? yeah. yeah. Well, I got my, I got my, uh, I got my, my, my credit cards and my debit card taken at the strip club and then somehow, and then I left. There and I started. I somehow I sort of knew which way to walk home, and um, and then I remember seeing two guys walking towards me, and then uh, one of them pointed at the watch that I had on, and
2: uh, was it a knife watch?
0: Oh yeah, uh, I could show it to you. I bought a brand new one the next day because I was. I'm going to show them. I'm just going to find the exact same thing I bought the day before, and then uh, so one of them pointed the watch that I had. And I was just like, uh, like, yeah, cool. I have a cool watch. And then yeah. just after I passed them, I felt uh, a big uh, elbow to the back of the head. And I landed on all fours. Uh, and then my foot was on the street. But the rest of me was on the curb. And then they stomped on my hand and broke it yeah. into places. Yep, yep. Ooh. And so I dragged my foot all the way home. Oh, uh, back my- to this university residence that I was at. And I slept and I woke up and I just thought, oh, wow, what a horrible dream. And then I looked down at my foot and it was all black and purple and yellow. And um, I ended up talking to two detectives in England, asking me, and they asked, we're like, oh, how did you get home? Because they were like, uh, they would just maybe try to look for me on the CCTV cameras. And I was just like, I don't remember how I got home. And then as soon as they figured out, well, we can't get any CCTV footage from this guy, they basically was like, oh, there's nothing we can do. Which I realized that that is a pretty well normal thing after I watched a couple of episodes of Law and Order UK. Yeah. <laughs> the, the first question they ask is, well, is there any CCTV footage? And if the answer is no, then they're like, well, whatever. So good luck to you. See, but- now. This is an
3: acceptable reason to not like England. From, take, a, take a few notes off of that story. He's got, got a strong point.
1: Wow. I, I, don't get me wrong. I saw some fucked up shit. I was living near Sheffield. That's where I'm.
3: Oh, I'm, don't get competitive now. You uh, have yes. a chance.
1: They they break ankles and heads all the time in Sheffield. Let me tell you. That's how they say hello. Now
3: yeah. <laughs> curb stop. Hey, mate. <laughs> but I think what you guys need is a car. <laughs> yeah, a, lot yeah.
1: a lot of this is, it goes away. <laughs> so, Glenn, your, your, your new album, it's your sixth or fifth album now?
3: Oh, Lord. Um, I, I'm going to say sixth. Right. I'm going to say sixth, and the seventh is already written. So there, take that to the bank, kids. This is... <laughs> Is it? yeah it's uh, you forget And I've got a whole load of stuff um, that I never released because I, I would do Edinburgh shows um, and just and would you record any of them
1: this. because I know you did 17 it says 17 do you have like audio copies of all those shows I hope you do
3: I think I do I, I sent them because I lived on the road for a five year gap um, after I got divorced and um, just ended up on a five-year tour of Australia, North America, and Europe, just circling, doing um, comedy festivals and clubs. And I was going to L.A. and uh, I got signed to an American thing. So um, yeah, my life was not. a bit chaotic there. So I would send stuff to my uh, to my uh, album to, to the to the record company, just going, take care of it right i I don't know i think it's lost
1: oh that's too bad
3: yeah well i mean i still remember the bits i guess if i ever wanted to really right go back
1: and what's your plan to do like find like this year to do this recording or you know give it some time on the road
3: no i have to save it for an edinburgh and then a tour so yeah it won't be out Two years, the new right. one, but the right. the old one, Viva Forever, um, that's coming out in two weeks time. It's it's odd too because it's about a time in my life. So you go back and listen to it, and it's like, yeah, this is the new release, but um, yeah, it's it's such a document in time. So it's almost a little weird to go to go through it, and then like you even know how it turns out, right? Um, yeah.
1: Well, part of it, like, so I've released a lot of stuff, and the main reason I did is because I did want that exact kind of timestamp, you know, like, what was I talking about in 2000, because I don't have a very good memory, you know, or 2005, so I have them all to be able to watch, to be able to say, oh, I remember feeling those feelings, I don't feel the same way now, but, you know, back then I was pretty pissed off about that, or, or this or that, Yeah, so it's kind of interesting to look back in that regard.
3: Oh yeah, yeah. I I concur. Uh, it also spurs you to write more, which I think is yeah. a positive. Because um, uh, I mean, I think we all know that that's that's how you die in stand up is if you don't if you don't keep if you don't keep writing. That's that's how you get punched drunk. Where that, you can
1: or you get jumped in England. You can also.
0: Die anyway, <laughs> so. I'm still here. I'm still here. <laughs> By, by nobody's request, I am still here.
3: So. Well, yeah, I'm, you obviously haven't finished the drink that was sent over to you.
0: It's <laughs> just still oh, no, up pretty quickly. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so people can get this. It's on. It's on Stand Up Records. The new one is that. Yeah,
3: Stand Up Records. All the platforms: iTunes, Spotify. Uh, best to do it through Stand Up Records though, because that's what we the most money. Um,
1: okay.
0: You so know. This is the mouth from the pillow fight league and live audio wrestling. And you are listening to anything goes with Darren Frost on XM radio's laugh attack. And you guys better stop picking on Dave Martin or I'm coming over to beat your ass brother.
1: <laughs>
0: um, I don't I thought I mean, one of the things I sort of like, I, I watched this footage this morning and it was Boris Johnson uh, showing up to uh, at, at some, Event in Scotland, and uh, it was just—it was fascinating. Like he was just getting booed to shit in, in at this event in Scotland. People were throwing garbage, and I—I uh, I just always admire that there doesn't seem to be a lot of that sort of like, "Oh, you're a politician with this sort of respect." That uh, is—it seems to be at like zero for him over in the UK the majority of the time. It's well, he's—he's just- he's done a very, very job. I don't think I don't think
3: I've seen somebody do their job that poorly, and I mean it's not his fault. The in in some respects, like the virus was a difficult crime for everybody, and and you didn't know you didn't basically know if you were what you were doing was the wrong thing. But it's now turned out that yeah, you can't be you can't want to be loved and still deal with like a like a medical emergency (laughs) you have to to put your foot down i would would imagine scotland if they looked at it through um through reasonable eyes he would be very popular there because he is in many ways going to give them their independence through his fumbling of this you know once they get another referendum i can't see them staying
0: yeah yeah, I was, I always just because I think didn't didn't that start in England the whole throwing the pie in politicians' faces of just like there was like a big waves of that. Do you know Darren of like you know how the that trend? I,
3: you,
1: yeah, I believe it did, but I, I'm not. I, I couldn't. You couldn't. I couldn't say hundred
0: percent. Oh, okay. Oh, I all right. Okay.
3: I don't think you could do that to Boris Johnson. I think he would eat that pie. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. Cat like reflexes to open and he would just take a mouthful yeah. of the entire pie.
3: He would not he would see that as a sign he was doing a good job. <laughs> yeah, I got pie. Yeah.
0: Somebody likes me. Right. <laughs> you have to write your message on the pie in icing or something like that.
2: He probably would have oh, gone yeah. along the board. They would have been buds. Yeah, he would have gotten along well with Rob Ford.
3: I think he is Rob Ford in many <laughs> ways. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> he yeah.
2: Is. I think Rob Ford opened the door for many bumbling idiots to become leaders in this world.
3: Yeah, and I don't think he gets enough credit. Um, yeah, I know. You know, he really is. He's like the Neil Young
0: of idiots. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Well, that old, that, that old attitude of like people want to vote for a politician that they'd want to have a beer with, which always seemed kind of like odd to me in the in the first place. But but yeah, he really he embodied that that idea of like yeah, I want to have a beer with this guy. Of, that was the problem. <laughs> oh,
3: well, I believe most people had had a beer with him. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And and a little something but, else too. Yeah, and a little bit. Yeah, of- a little I, I mean, he's, he's one of those guys cause it doesn't affect me. I'm, you know, I was born in Mississauga. Don't let the Wikipedia page deny this, but Tor- Toronto is not my home in any way. So for me, it was funny. It was like Trump was funny to me because I don't right. live in America. Yeah, right. uh, yeah. As, as a, as a West coaster had, a, you know, it was, it was humorous that <laughs> it, as a populist, this was the best guy you could come up with, this, yeah, amateur football referee, <laughs> ill-fitting yeah. pants. There's,
2: there's just so much amazing footage because of him, like, when he's throwing that football and he falls, or when he was, like, uh, talking patois with that guy in the roti shop, like, it was oh, yeah. just brilliant. Like, I miss him. I literally, miss, I'm sad he's gone. I'm, I'm sad that Doug is around and Rob is gone.
1: Imagine the politician who came third to him. How can yes. that person even walk into a fucking room? And you yes. are third to Rob Ford. That was
3: really I tell just- you what, though, I, 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 believe, I, I agree with you, Kathleen. And if he didn't have such an important job, I would <laughs> hang the shit out of yes. with Rob. Yeah. For yes. I fucking love him. He would be my friend that I'd constantly be explaining about and people are like, Well, why you know, he's he's all this. He's like, Yeah, but he makes me laugh. Right. He was, Farley, but as
2: a politician. he was Chris Farley but as a politician and Chris Farley as a comedian yes. isn't brilliant, but Chris Farley as a politician is scary.
1: Yeah, and the, yeah. The, also the analogy with Trump, you know, Rob Ford, hit, it was a microcosm of a certain size, and it's funny. It still, you know, is a bad thing because it reflects Toronto and what happens in Toronto. Trump is much more of a world stage. So, uh, as a Canadian, I prefer it to be more local than our fucking prime minister being what Rob Ford was.
3: Well, yeah, Toronto's not nuclear capable.
1: Right. <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> but then the are. So there, there were clips of Rob Ford doing his job where he was doing it well. I mean, I remember this one clip of him where he's sitting at his desk and he's going through all these benefits that Paul Toronto politicians have and how much all these benefits are taking money away from taxpayers. And he was just showing all was like, you know, there's a here's a membership from the zoo that every politician in Toronto gets. And there's no this costs every taxpayer in Toronto this amount of money. There's no need for this. And then he was just showing up example and example of how much, how these benefits that t- Toronto politicians get that there's no purpose for. And so if people would sort of see that and uh, be like, yeah, we like this guy. And then they'd see all he this is. footage of him, like, throwing vodka bottles out of his SUV and then be like, all right, well, we don't like that. But, you know, it's... Yeah, yeah
3: don't do no. a- go ahead. Arguably effective at a civic level. Uh, yeah. because he, Like, he, he did a thing too. He He'd give his number, if you stopped him on the street and told him something was wrong, he's like, okay, here's the number, call me about it. He'd get back to those people, yeah. like, and all of them, and it was his number, and he'd get, okay, you got Rob here, all right, I okay. got you know. It was just, the the problem with him politically is that he didn't have a filter, and he would get caught smoking crack at a, at a dealer's house. Now, that doesn't mean you're bad at your job, that means that you like the, you're bad
2: at keeping your crack addiction secret.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I mean, if, they, they, if you don't, if you won't let the guy run your fucking hockey rink, he shouldn't be running a town. If you want to run a hockey rink and do crack, that's one thing. But fucking running a whole town and all the you know the levels that you have to know about and do crack and all the you know partying ways, it's just not possible.
3: Well, it also throws. So you think about it. You think about it this way. You say, yeah, well, he should lose his job over that. If everybody who did that lost their job at the same time, your economy would crash
1: yeah <laughs> no, I, I get that yeah yeah for sure
0: well and then also going into details about the uh the size of your wife's pussy and how there's always more to eat was uh was a little bit uh off-putting as well so oh,
2: he so. would have loved wet ass pussy that would have been his new re-election yes, yes.
3: yeah well he would lip sync to that on the way up like they'd bring him on
0: <laughs> and <he> <laughs> <has> <laughs> some boards in this house. Well, hello. This is Fred Kennedy, a.k.a. Fearless Fred. Follow me on Twitter, fearless underscore Fred. And you're listening to Anything Goes with Darren Frost and Dave Martin on Sirius XM Radio's Laugh Attack.
2: Right,
3: we'll Thank you guys. Fun. I I really enjoyed that. I I'll talk to you anytime. Yeah, it was nice a
1: you. All the best. Good luck.
3: Au revoir. Bye. <laughs> Bye. How did these things hang up? This is always <laughs>
2: <active>. <laughs> They always stick around and there's no he, he can hear us. I know he can still hear us. Because
0: they okay, never really...
2: <laughs> There we go. He's now gone.
0: Yeah,
2: this is my favorite because no, he's still there.
0: He's like still there.
2: <laughs> this is like people in their thirties and forties trying to figure out Zoom. I've I've, re- I've removed him twice. Well, he's still he's hanging around. <laughs> he's like that Russian hooker waiting for us to pass out? He wants to. Oh, what do
1: we say about him? Yeah, yeah. I've, <laughs> I've removed him this time number three. <laughs> yes, remove. And he's still there. Can you click him out? You can't click him out? I've, I've tried. I've tried. Okay. He's still there. I'm
2: not going to shit talk him. He's, oh, him. he's awesome. He's
1: awesome. Right. awesome.
0: One thing I notice about whenever I'm editing the show, I always notice that my head leans over to the side a lot. Whenever like a I'm...
1: dog? Like a dog? Yeah. Yeah, Like
0: a mean? dog that's seen a ceiling fan for the first hey. time. Just like, yeah. what's that? I always have Isn't this that... very confused, or borderline Tucker Carlson after he smelled the fart sort of face, you know? Right. Uh,
1: See the irony there? Glenn left while you were talking, Dave.
0: And I'm out. There it was, wouldn't be the first time someone walked out on me speaking. That's right.
1: Through. Okay, go enjoy your tacos, Kathleen. All Thank right. Good right. luck.
0: You pervert, Aaron. How dare you say that?
1: Oh, come on. <laughs> She's
0: almost a married woman, and you're throwing around taco references?
1: Yeah. I'm trying to remove her, too. There we go.
0: Yeah. Now,
1: Dave, did you start recording?
0: Yeah, I've been recording the whole time.
1: Okay, good. All right. I don't know what time it
0: started recording, but...
1: It started around 1 or quarter to 1, so we got a good amount of time there.
0: I wanted to bring up the fact that Kathleen had, and there's like, you know, there's, what is 135 people reacted to it? Of, I guess she said the amount of time that fans come up to her after a show and say, hey, I should, a lot of people say that I should try stand-up. We, you know what? We can
1: bring that up. I don't mind doing another episode now that school's in. We can do one on Wednesday or something or Thursday or Friday.
0: All right. What's your first response when people say that to you?
1: I, I, you know what? I think Nikki Payne. We can talk about this when, when we're with Kathleen. But I think Nikki Payne brought up the best point. If they're sober, fine. If they're drunk, I'm just like, yeah, oh yeah, and I try to change the subject because I just think they're drunk and they're fucked up. If they're sober, they might mean it. I'm like, I'm not going to be a dream killer. I like go to amateur night. Go try. Why not?
0: Yeah, I always say just, just try it and enjoy it for as long as you can.